Let's be honest. It's way more interesting to be right than to be righteous, right? I mean, really, when was the last time you said, well, I'm righteous at the end of an argument? Probably never. Chances are you may have said, well, I'm right, though. I don't know about you, but I like my opinion. I'm betting you're pretty fond of yours, too. Truth is, though, our rightness isn't worth as much as we think, while righteousness is worth way more than we can imagine. But what does it mean to be righteous? And how do we live righteously in today's ever more divided society? Let me cue the intro and let's dive into the topic being righteous, not just right. What truth are we speaking into the next generation? What legacy are we creating for those we care about? Are we making a difference so that our kids will know Jesus? Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and the answers to these questions really matter to me. And if you're a Christ follower, I'm sure they matter to you too. I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me Ministry, and we are convinced that there's power in our Jesus stories, that God's Word is life-changing, and that discipleship doesn't have to be intimidating. So join us as we talk about faith, scripture, relevant topics, intentional discipleship, and the next generation. Friends, it starts with a conversation. So let's get going on this podcast right now. I really like my opinion. I've got opinions about everything from relationships to politics and everything in between. I think I'm right about a lot of things, and I bet you do too. We've all got our opinions, and some of these are just preferences that make us unique as individuals. But some of these opinions are diametrically opposed. Who's right and who's wrong? From this as a culture and as a nation has sprung forth the greatest of divisions, the deepest of crises. All we have to do is watch the news and we see report after report of what people who believe they're right are saying and doing and purporting. Whether it's the COVID crisis or our cultural crisis, after months and months of seeing this in 2020, I don't know about you, but I am overwhelmed with the countless opinions about everything from mask to mobs. Social media has become a way to beat people up with what you think is right. The actual media pretty much only shows what they deem right. And we're left in this divide where it seems impossible to do anything right at all. Well, a couple of months ago, after we were coming out of the first wave of quarantine, I needed to go to Lowe's to pick up an online order. So I donned my mask and I went to stand in line at the customer service desk. Just as I walked in, another man followed me in. Now, I've noticed that people aren't very friendly these days, especially with the mask. Everybody treats everybody else like they have the plague. And I don't really want to be that kind of person. So I looked at the man in the eyes and said, hello, how are you? To which he replied, well, I've been better. And I responded, yes, we are in some really crazy times right now. And the man said back to me, yes, 
I've seen this happen before. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't say that I've seen times like this before. From the pandemic to the protest, these are unprecedented times, in my opinion. So it puzzled me that the man said he'd seen this before. So as we waited in line, I pressed him. I'm curious, sir, what do you mean by that? How have you seen this before? He told me that he's 65 and that before he was born, his father was in Nazi Germany when Hitler took over. The man told me that as an adult now, he's worked in countries all over the world when governments were overthrown and societies changed in 24 to 48 hours. He spoke of things that have happened around the globe in recent decades in such a way that I thought he must be maybe retired military. I thanked him for his service to our country. And then he said, ominously, I'm not military. And I got the sense that he was former CIA or something. So we talked back and forth for a few minutes while I continued to try to learn from him and engage while we waited for customer service. I didn't really express my opinion. I just listened. Anyway, it was my turn at the register. And as I walked over, I felt the man's eyes on me as if he was analyzing me, trying to figure me out. I was wearing this community all-star sweatshirt that a black pastor had given my husband. Elsewise, I was dressed like one of my teenage daughters with neon toenails and sandals. I could see him observing me like he was trying to make a judgment call on me. So in a moment, while the clerk was occupied, I walked back over to the man and said, I'm curious, if you had to peg me, would you say I'm liberal or conservative? He said, after a long pause, I think you're someone who has very strong convictions, but you're willing to listen and even change your mind if presented with truth you didn't know. I think you're someone who is more interested in finding truth than being right. And then it was my turn to walk back to customer service. That man's response floored me. This stranger saw behind my mask, behind my sweatshirt, past my toenails, and he nailed me. I have very strong political convictions, and I believe I am right. But indeed, it's more important to me to find the truth and live it. As I left the store, I had the brief opportunity to share about my faith with the man. Then I went home from Lowe's that night and researched some of the political things that he had told me about, but I kept pondering his words. In the days and the months since, I've continued to sincerely listen to and try to understand the perspectives that are coming from every direction in our country. But here's the thing about finding truth. No one person denomination, political party, country, race, or gender has the corner on the market when it comes to truth. We all want to be right in our opinions about what truth is, but everyone's declaration about what is right leaves us right in the middle of more division. So where do we go? On what do we stand? Our culture is in crisis of who's right and who's wrong. There are extremes about everything. I don't have to tell you that. When it comes to COVID, people are adamant about wearing masks or not wearing masks. When it comes to politics, the conservatives are against the liberals and vice versa. Blacks against whites, women against men, younger people against older people, screaming from 
every corner of the issues. People are giving their opinions on every side. Me being right and you being wrong. This side being right, that side being wrong. Being on the right side of history versus being on the wrong side of history. Friends, it's all just a hill of beans if being right is what's most important to us. Because for those of us who are believers in Jesus, here's the truth. God cares way more about our righteousness than our rightness. Our opinions tend to matter to us so much that they become our holy grail. We cling to our perspectives like we are God and we know everything. But brothers and sisters in Christ, our rightness must come second to our righteousness. Proverbs 21, 2 and 3 says, All a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs hearts. Doing what is righteous and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. The truth of God's word is that the Lord weighs our hearts and he wants us to be righteous, not just right. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying you shouldn't seek to be right in your ways and your politics and your voting and your opinions. You have a civil, moral, ethical, and biblical obligation to seek to be right in these things. But as a Christian, your rightness must be an outflowing of your righteousness. So what does it mean then? to be righteous. This question has been bouncing around in my mind as I have conversations, as I listen to perspectives, as I pray for the peace of our country, as I intercede for the healing of our nation. What difference can I make in our broken world? What difference can you make? The enemy of our souls is having a heyday and stealing, killing, and destroying. We see evidence of that all over our country and our world. We all think we're right. But what does God want us to do about all this? He calls us to be righteous. And what are the attributes of a righteous person? I've thought and prayed about this a lot, and my eyes have settled in on Psalm 112 as a description of a righteous person. Listen to this. A righteous person delights in God's word. A righteous person is a light in the darkness of this world. A righteous person is gracious and merciful, generous and just. A righteous person is steadfast on living God's calling on their life. A righteous person is unafraid of bad news. A righteous person trusting God has an established heart and gives their resources freely to those in need knowing that it all belongs to God and that he promises to give us the ability to give again. A righteous person's righteousness will last forever. Our rightness, on the other hand, will not. There is not one place in God's word where he tells us that our opinions will outlive us. However, scripture says over and over that righteousness lasts forever. Isaiah 41 says, who told of this from the beginning so we could know or beforehand so that we could say, well, he was right. See, they're all false. Their deeds amount to nothing. Their images are but wind and confusion. You see, according to Isaiah 41, our rightness, our opinions, if they're just first and foremost our opinions, they're nothing but wind and confusion. 
But then listen to what Isaiah 42 says. God says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison of those who sit in darkness. So friend, do you want to be a light to lead our country out of the darkness? Then listen to the truth of God's calling. He is beckoning us not to just first and foremost be right. He wants us to be righteous. What does this look like? Well, try this on. Before you make a post, spend time in his word. Before you give your opinion, talk to God about his. Before you send someone down the road, invite them into your life and get to know them. Before you judge someone who looks different than you, thank God for his creativity. Before you debate someone with opposing views, pray for them. This is righteousness. Search the scriptures. See what he says. Friends, this isn't just my opinion. This is God's. He calls us to live higher than being right. He calls us to live righteous. So what does it matter if we're righteous? If we pursue being righteous and not just right, what effect will that have? Well, how about this? Isaiah thirty-two seventeen says, the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Friends, this societal shift starts in you and in me. This quietness and trust and peace, it's not going to be accomplished by first proclaiming how right we are and how wrong everyone else is. True peace will be accomplished by first seeking the Lord and His righteousness, by weighing our lives according to His measure, not our own, by seeking line upon line His word, not our political lines. Now, the great thing about this podcast is that you can say you're wrong and you can give this a one-star rating. People already have. But here's the thing. My rightness matters to me. You better believe it does. I have strong political convictions. I vote, I pray, I study and influence, but my rightness does not matter to me as much as my righteousness. And that is found in Christ. And then it's lived out day by day in how we are gracious and merciful, gentle and humble, generous and kind. When we seek the Lord in His righteousness, that's what He gives five stars for. And His opinion is what counts. Upon His foundation of righteousness, we can build lives and opinions that are right, but not the other way around. Friend, I challenge you. I encourage you, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. Seek him about being righteous, not just right. Then speak him into the next generation. Influence the children, the teenagers, the grandkids, the younger people entrusted to you to pursue God's righteousness first. And then out of that righteousness that is his, 
to live lives that are right in God's eyes. Yep, the truth is our rightness isn't worth as much as we think, while righteousness is worth way more than we can imagine. So this week and our whole lives long, let's be people who first seek His righteousness and live it as we stand up for what we believe is right. Friends, thank you for joining me in this podcast. The discipleship conversation that goes along with this podcast is available at familydiscipleme.org and the link is available in the show notes attached to this episode. Our ministry encourages you to spend time with the Lord about this, then talk about it with those entrusted to you. Psalm 68.3 and 72.3 say this blessing that I'm going to pray over you now. May the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people, the hills, the fruit of righteousness. May God bless our families, our cities, our country, and our world as we seek to be not just right, but righteous. In Jesus' name, God bless you.